Welcome to the Heart-Centered Therapist Podcast, the podcast created for you, the therapist who leads with your heart and loves serving your clients. I'm Cindy Gozanski, your host. I know that being a heart-centered therapist is immensely rewarding and powerful and intensely challenging and difficult. We're on this journey together. My mission is to help you continue loving your work as a therapist, surviving being a therapist, and feeling more connected as a therapist. Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Heart-Centered Therapist podcast. I am Cindy Gozanski, your host, and I'm really excited to share my conversation today. I'd like to introduce you to Sarah Nakamura. Sarah is a highly acclaimed best-selling author, international speaker, and a board-certified therapeutic massage and bodywork specialist with nearly 30 years of experience in the hospitality and wellness industry. She is trained in mental health first aid, has a master's level certification in neuro-linguistic programming and hypnotherapy, and studies a variety of cognitive behavioral techniques. She is the author of a great book called Stressed Out and Don't Know What to Do, Two-Minute Techniques to Stress Less When You're Exhausted, Overwhelmed, and Burnt Out. Sarah is a native Hawaiian and the host of the podcast Hope for Hawaii, which is a heartfelt podcast series created to be a source of solace and strength for those impacted by the devastating Maui fires. Sarah and her stress expert team specialize in stress relief solutions made simple to help you simply smile again. If you are or ever have been beyond stressed, and I for one have been there, this episode is for you. Welcome, Sarah. Thank you so much for being here. Oh, Cindy, thank you so much for having me. And yes, there's a lot of stress out there and let's help to release some of, relieve some of that today. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. I'm really excited because we all have so much stress between our personal lives, world events. There's so much there. And most of my listeners tend to be therapists and helpers, parents, and they have another level of stress as well. Having you here is going to be really great. I'd love to start out by asking my guests, what does being heart-centered mean to you? Being heart-centered is just that in the title, being heart-centered, coming from the heart. And so many times we want to come from the heart because we just, we feel so many emotions and we, we want to give so much, but a lot of times we get into our head and we start thinking so much. We start thinking about how we can help the world and help everyone else. But when we truly just take that breath and get back into our bodies, get back into really what our heart is putting out there and follow it, we're able to come from a different place and it feels better. And I think that's what heart-centered means to me is just coming from that place of ah, relaxation into my body and listening to my heart. That's beautiful. There's something also that, that you've spoken about before about knowing that when we can be really heart-centered, we start to have this like inner knowing about ourselves. Absolutely. And again, I think it's when we just take that breath and it's not just as simply as doing one breath in your heart space, but when you start to practice it and when you start to get to a place where you go, oh, 
I have this feeling and I know this feeling is what's true to me and what's really what someone else needs from me. And you're able to give it, you you feel lit up. That energy just feels a little bit different. And when you have that feeling, you go, oh, that's what it is. You seek that more and more. Already, I know my listeners are hearing your beautiful voice. You have this amazing, calm presence and thinking, were you ever really stressed? Like, how did you get here to become (laughs) a stressed expert? Because you sound so zen and it's such a pleasure hearing you speak. Were you ever really stressed? What was your journey? I appreciate that, Cindy. And and to get to the Zen zone has taken many years, trust me. (laughs) 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 But I'm from Las Vegas. Um, Sorry, I grew up in Las Vegas. I'm from Hawaii originally. And Hawaii is a place of relaxation and a destiny. But it's also a place where people want to also escape from their lives. So they bring a lot of stress to the island. Oh. And they own unwittingly know it, but they're bringing the angst and all of the things that, that are going on that are challenging in their lives and they want to release it. And it's great to sit on a beach and it's great to be relaxed there. But a lot of times you bring it back home with you. And similar to growing up in Las Vegas, Las Vegas is the adult playground. And being here, being in the food and beverage industry and then getting into health and wellness, I've seen lots of different people come to town for either they want to escape for the weekend or they have a, a really busy conference. There's different ways that people or different reasons people come to Las Vegas and and it's very similar. They go to the club, they do some great things and they relieve their stress. And then all of a sudden they start to head back home and they pick it right back up again. So again, Hawaii and Vegas, I've seen this transformation of people. And to bring that back to what you were asking me about my own stress is I was climbing the corporate ladder. I worked for one of the casinos. I was in food and beverage and we were opening up three Starbucks locations in one property. So that tells you how big our property is. And one morning I, and I was doing not only the programming, but I was also the head of probably about 50 employees at the time. And I walked into work one day and it was really early in the morning and I came upon my boss who was really upset with my coworker because she took a two minute reprieve, a two minute cup of coffee because she just, she was exhausted and we all were at the time. And before that, my life I felt was great. I was climbing the corporate ladder. I had a long-term relationship. I was checking off all the success boxes. I was even running half marathons with my dog. But Mm -hmm. until that point, I was just in that mode, the mode of just keep going. And when everyone else is around you, that's in a similar boat, we don't realize how stressed we are. We don't realize how many hours we're putting in. We don't realize how much we're we're taking away from our friends, our family, our, our personal lives. And up until that point, we were just so focused on opening that new outlet that I didn't realize how much stress was affecting me. My hair was falling out. Every time I'd walk to my office, I was having heart palpitations. So I was having anxiety attacks and I didn't know what that was at the time. And it's just normal. I'm going to my office. Here goes my heart. (laughs) That's what we tell ourselves. This is normal. Exactly. And because a lot of people around me were experiencing similar symptoms and similar experiences, I had no idea what that was. But that day that my boss started berating my friend, I had stepped out, I took an urgent phone call. And at 4.30 in the morning, if your phone rings, there's something going on. Mm -hmm. And by the time I came back, I just 
I don't want to say exploded necessarily, but it didn't really matter what else was going in and in the situation between my boss and my coworker because I stepped in the middle of it and I quit that day because I'd had enough of what was happening where we were working so many hours and we just needed a reprieve and our boss didn't understand. He wasn't in our situation. And when I quit, it was really because I couldn't stand up for myself. I was standing up for my friend because don't we do that? Sometimes we stand up for other people because we can see it. We go, Hey, that's not right. But we take the abuse or we take the situation upon ourselves and go, Oh, that's just the way it is. And the phone call that I had taken was my, my partner at the time telling me that our dog died. Oh, oh. And that really, that was the straw that broke the camel's back per se. And I realized then I was choosing my work over my life, my home life, my relationship, all the things that I had built. Many times people do that and you know, they're not at that point where they want to make that change. I didn't even realize I wanted to make the change until that situation happened. I was in that moment and it was tough. It was tough because then I didn't know what to do. <laughs> yeah. Wow. You know, I could oh, have gone Sarah. back into, yeah, I could have gone back into the sharing that. Oh, thank that, you. That's so heart-wrenching to get to that point. I think lots of people can feel that as you say it, like it was so gutting to get that call, to see your boss treating your coworker this way, to feel so, so incredibly stressed out and helpless. And this was a job you didn't want to quit. Clearly you were having tremendous success from it. And that just even adds more to the level of the stress cycle in your life then and, and how it was really so complicated to extricate yourself from it. Yeah. Yes. Thank you for that. Because sometimes we forget what we've gone through and until we discuss it with somebody else and go, oh, wow, that was really difficult. And we have no idea <clears throat> until we bring light upon it and have that awareness around it. And after I left that position, I went into the least stressful position I could think of, which was massage therapy. And that too had challenges. Because now I'm giving all my heart, I'm giving my physicality to my clients and other people. And I'm, I'm sure listeners here, you can relate. You give to your clients, you give to your families, you give to your children. Yeah. And I, again, got burnt out. And I go, wait a second, I'm in the least stressful position I can be. And how am I so stressed? Mm. And so that's when I started taking on different modalities and going where and chasing. Okay. I, I want to learn. I want to learn. Why is the brain doing that? Why is my body doing this? Why are my emotions so high? And so the more I studied, the more I started understanding myself because I kept going through that cycle. Like you were saying, Cindy, is I would be excited and give so much. And then I felt depleted and then I got exhausted and I was overwhelmed and then I, and I was like, okay, let's do something else. And so even though I was doing massage therapy, I was consulting and then I was doing sales. I was doing a bunch of different things, trying to find me. Mm. And when I stopped and went, wow, wait a second, let's start with me first, not the job, not everybody else. Let's turn it back on myself. Cause I was the common denominator there. <laughs> 
<laughs> and I went, okay, let me think about what, what's going on for my body, what's going on internally for me, my emotions and all of the different things. And that's when I started flipping my mentality mm. and accumulating these different techniques over the years. Yes. Wow. And you have this quote, Sarah, that's so beautiful. I must first give to myself today so I will have the strength to give to others tomorrow. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Because we cannot pour from an empty cup. And I'm sure you've probably heard something similar to that, but it's really taking it back to the awareness of where, where is my energy level? Where is my ability to give right now? Where am I in that emotional cup? Because if I cannot fill it up myself and I'm not able to give to other people right now, whether it be, again, if you have a family, children, to your clients. And the second thing is, what are you filling your cup up with? Are you filling it up with desperation of, oh, I just need to get through today. I have a lot of caffeine and and, and I'm able to get through it. And then you're taking a lot of these whatever you take to to go to sleep. And I see that, especially in, in the work that I've done, is people start chasing it, chasing the energy, chasing the rest. And you get into this terrible cycle. And I did that myself for a good while, because when you work long hours, when you give so much, you start attempting to take the shortcuts. And some of the shortcuts are okay, but not for a long term. And that's what gets us in trouble. Yeah. And it's also part of the culture, part of the corporate culture or like the Mecca, as as you said, of of Las Vegas, the hospitality Mecca. And it's so interesting to me because I think like service is very similar to the service that therapists and helpers do too. We're so connected and there's so many therapists who like used to be bartenders and then they go to school to become therapists. I can't tell you so many, right? So there's something because it's very similar. There is a crossover there. And you get into that, whatever it takes, you're going to keep doing it. The coffee, the a drink to sleep, like whatever. And it's not sustainable. I know I've been there, done that too. It's not sustainable. This leads us into the really positive uplifting part of our conversation is how we can find ways to manage and reduce our stress and know what to do. That's such a great title of your book, stressed Mm -hmm. out and don't know what to do. (laughs) Yeah. And that's really the point that I was at. And again, I could recognize it in my coworker. I recognized it over the years of other people and I'm going, wow, you're very stressed out and you're tired and you're exhausted and you don't know what the solution is. And then when I found myself in that place, I went, oh, wait, let's see where we can move from and move toward. And when we get to that place of awareness, we go, okay, what can I do? So let's start from where we're at. Start at point A. And okay, so I was exhausted. All right, how do I get more sleep? I was overwhelmed. What's on my plate? And we take on so many more responsibilities than we used to collectively as humans over the decades. Even even teenagers these days deal with more things than you and I are dealing with right now because of bullying and cyberbullying and things at school. But you know, when we are thinking about our agendas, we're thinking about our to-do list, we're thinking about where we have to be and all the timing, we're out of the present moment. We're thinking in the future so much. 
And then when we lay our head on the pillow, we're thinking about what we didn't do or potentially regrets that we have. And so that's why I created, that's part of the reason why I started collecting these, these different techniques about being stressed out. And during the pandemic, when everybody was at home, one of my colleagues that I'd worked with for eight years, um, she lost hope and she didn't know what to do. And she tried to get into mental health clinics. She tried to get assistance. And there were so many people going through so many challenges that she was rejected. Mm-hmm. And she had been suffering from some other things that are going on in her life. And eventually, unfortunately, she took her own life. And okay. she left behind three children. Yeah, that was a difficult thing for our community. And sorry, I was just thinking, Sarah, what can I do? What can I do from my own home? Because we're all isolated. I can't physically massage people. I cannot be around other people in the capacity that we had been pre-pandemic. And so I started collecting everything I had done for 20 years and put it into a book. And I said, I need to be able to help people in a different way. So that's where I started putting together the actual book. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Wow. What a beautiful mission. I'm, I'm so sorry for your loss. And the reality is so many of us have experienced something like that because the help isn't there all of the time. And so to start from the very core of ways that we can reduce our own stress and help somebody else, that's amazing. What a gift. Where is a good place to start talking about this? I think many of my listeners wake up and they're already feeling pretty overwhelmed to to start the day. And there's so many things to do. And all of these responsibilities. So just that mental frenzy of overwhelm. Would we maybe want to start talking about this like with when you wake up in the morning? (laughs) (laughs) So when I wake up in the morning, I have a great routine for this is as soon as I'm awake, even before I open my eyes, I do a quick I am just an I am statement. And it's usually I am happy or I am calm or just something very simple. And that starts off my day well, because if the first thing I'm thinking about is what do I have to do today? I'm in a different mindset and our energy goes where our mind flows, right? And so when we go through that anxiousness, when we wake up, it sets the tone for the entire day. However, what, like I just said, when we wake up and we do something positive for ourselves, and really just get into a a different space of I'm calm. I do that first. And then as I'm getting up, I put two feet on the ground. I stand up and raise my arms over my head and salute this guy and say, hi, Sky. Hello. Good morning. (laughs) Everyone listening. If you can put your arms up in a V like that. Yes. Salutation in that open heart space. Absolutely. (laughs) Yes. And then And then I go, you know what? I'm grounded. I touch the ground, literally and physically touch the ground. And it helps me stay limber, number one. But it also gets the energy flowing in my body. And then because (laughs) it's funny, my grandmother lived into her 80s. And she said, Sarah, you have to take care of your eyes. You have to take care of your feet. And those are two things that that I wake up and I start thinking about. Mm -hmm. And once it becomes automatic... You go, okay, that took five seconds. (laughs) 
duck my toes, say hi to this guy. And then I turn over, turn around and, and drink a glass of water. Mm-hmm. It's my first glass of water of the day. And that gets my digestion going. It's I start off on a good place. You don't have to live in the desert of Las Vegas to be dehydrated. <laughs> That's right. I live in Maine. It was 17 degrees this morning, but it's so it's very cold here. But I do the very same thing. I drink water before I have my coffee. And it's a water bottle I have in the fridge. And that's the first thing I do is I drink the water before I have my first cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So when we get into these habits, we start setting ourselves up well for the day. And I have a whole routine and I'll give it to your audience here at the end with my free gift. I'd love to, to share that with everybody. But just those first three things, again, it takes a minute to do. And once we get into these habits of just these minor, small, little switches and changes in our lives, it becomes a big, gosh, a, a big difference in our lives going toward happiness, going toward productivity or whatever your focus is. Because so many times, don't we have such a to-do list? We don't always get the productivity that we want. And this is a way to have quick wins and go, oh, I just accomplished three to five things even before I went to the bathroom this morning. (laughs) Yes, exactly. And I really, I want to reiterate that statement you made. It's so good. Our energy goes where our mind flows. And so recreating habits that will produce that positive thoughts and positive energy has a huge impact. So like simple is where it's at, folks. (laughs) I really believe that. And that's another reason I wanted to have Sarah on here. She works with entrepreneurs as well as helpers and healers and just a range of people. You as a therapist are also an entrepreneur, right? A lot of us have private practices, group practices, or you're an independent contractor and you are also running a business and have all of the stresses there as well as the stress of direct care of your clients. And so these are really important stress relief solutions for ourselves because it starts with us. Yeah, very well said. And that's absolutely true. And so many of our listeners here and, and maybe yourself, you got into therapy or you got into this modality or your practice because you wanted to give to other people and and help them. And like go back to my friend that passed, I want to help her and everyone else like her, but I also understand she's gone now and who else can I help? And let's start with me. And I think we've had this perception or misconception that if we put ourselves first, we're being selfish, we're being self-centered. And I want to flip that. I want to flip that for us and for everyone out there, for our children, because if we don't put ourselves first and we're constantly giving to other people and all of our clients, we aren't going to be able to make a bigger impact later. It's ecology. It's self to self first. If we don't take care of ourselves, there's definitely no ability to be able to take care of our families or our communities or the world because we're debilitated. We're in bed. And going back to when you asked me about if I had stress, there were times that I would curl up into a ball and not get out of bed for an entire day. I had those days. I was that, I, I was there. So I understand it. And not everything is positive and not everything is happy. 
But when we start to shift and, and find the happiness and start finding the good things in devastating situations, fully process our emotions and get those through because we're human. And if you have a day where you're sad and you need to cry it out, do it. I don't like to skim over and go, okay, that doesn't exist anymore because that's not true. Or again, we're human and the things that we go through our emotions is important. It's important to understand, hey, there's a reason why I'm having this emotion and there's a reason why I need to let it go. And we've had trapped emotions most of our lives because what do we get taught as little kids? Stuff that down, don't talk in, in, in public or this is not the time to do that. Or Johnny falls at at the playground and what does the mom do or the caregiver do? It's either Johnny, get up, you're fine and brushes it off as if it doesn't matter or really indulges in it and goes, oh my gosh, that's the most major thing that's happened in your life. And and are you okay? And it becomes this, oh, I scrape my knee, I get attention. Did you know one in five people will experience a mental health issue this year? Mentalhealththreads.com is your online shop dedicated to promoting mental health awareness and breaking the stigma surrounding mental illness. You can find fun, creative, and inspiring products like t-shirts, hoodies, and more, all with positive messages that remind us to take care of our mental health. Favorites like Perfectly Imperfect, Your Anxiety is Telling You Lies, It's Okay to Not Do It All, and no risk, no magic. Plus, we have a special collection just for therapists, like our bestseller, I'm a mom and a therapist, nothing scares me. So come check it out at mentalhealththreads.com. Our mission is to start important conversations about mental health and to remind you that you are not alone. Check out mentalhealththreads.com today. And that awareness of feeling sad and being okay, being allowing yourself to be sad. That's part of the shift in putting yourself first and having that self-care and that awareness that I may need to go through this period of sadness and it's okay. And then I also have other capacities that I will feel tomorrow, like things do change, but I think that's part of it. We don't allow ourselves to have our own feelings and we think it's selfish to take care of ourselves. I know a lot of therapists think that. Yeah. yeah. And and I want to reiterate one, it's not your fault. Mm-hmm. It's not your fault that you have this belief because that's what we were taught. We were taught this as kids and our caregivers did the best that they could with yeah. the knowledge, the education, the kindness, the lovingness that they had in the moment at that time when they were teaching it to us. And what happens is we take it on thinking everything is my fault. I didn't do this or I didn't do that. But when we don't have that understanding or capacity, how can we do the best we can or have that expectation to be perfect? We can't. When we were little kids, four or five years old, we learned to tie our shoes. But as children and even as adults, we didn't learn how to tie in self-care. And so it's difficult. Mm -hmm. That's so beautiful about it's not our fault for so many reasons. And Also, even culturally, you know, you were talking about some of the differences in Hawaii and Las Vegas, right? Like even that can play into 
what we're taught through our own traditions and families about putting ourselves first, taking care of ourselves, emotional expression, all of that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And what I found over the years and in different cultures and different parts of the world, one thing that I found that to be a theme is that whatever position we're in, whether it's a CEO of a company or being a therapist, you want to put your best self out there first to, to your client or to the world. Because if you're projecting that you don't know, or if you're projecting that you're having a challenge in your own life, that dissuades the confidence of clients to come to you or people to invest with you, or whether it's business or if it's on a personal level. And so we put up this front of everything's okay. Everything's great in my life. Look how great things are. And reality TV doesn't help. So much of that's scripted. And if you didn't know, it's scripted. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It reminds me even what you were saying. You think people, everybody is not stressed out in Hawaii because they're on the beach, but really that's a front. It's not true. Yeah. and, And to a certain extent, it's not. And it's great because when you actually are relaxed and when you are in a good place, fantastic. It's a wonderful thing. But if we look a layer deeper than what's on the surface, sometimes people are in a great place. I love that. And that's wonderful. However, if we're not being true to ourselves, if we're not being honest with ourselves, and we really aren't in a good place, that's when we need to have kind of a different awareness. And that's why I created that the I care system. And I don't want to say I did it by accident, but it started to become this filter that I would do for myself. And then I started filtering it for my clients and other people. And I went, oh, this, this does work. And this filter is, it's an acronym, I care. And even if you say I care one, that's a positive Mm -hmm. acronym, right? Right. But it, it really starts with self and about ecology that we were just talking about. And the I is go inside of yourself. You have the solution. You have the answers within yourself. Wayne Dyer said it. Everything you need, you already have within you. And even if you don't specifically know the answer, you have the resource to look it up. You have the resource to make a phone call. You have that next step of, "Mm, I know where it is or where it could be. And the C, so this is for any challenge or problem that that arises, any stressor that comes up in life. Just take it through this filter that I'm going to explain to you right now. And again, the I is I go inside of yourself. The C is contain the problem. So a lot of times when we have a challenge, we bring in the negativity around it. We want to bring in 10 other people to be a counselor (laughs) for us. And And we don't always need that. We know within ourselves where the solution can be. And when we cut out that negativity and contain the problem itself, the problem may be something as simple as my spouse said they were going to take out the trash. What's the challenge? Let's let's cut out the every other time they said they were going to take it out and they never did. That's not the problem. The problem is right now. And so let that be the problem and just have that. So go into A is the awareness is it really that they didn't take out the trash or is it that you asked them to do something and they didn't fulfill their promise to you? Or is it, I want to be right. I told you to do it and you didn't. Right. So that awareness of what's it really about. And if it's about ourselves, then we have the ability to change it. We have the ability to to have a different focus on it and then realign what's important to you. So the, the R and I care is 
realign it. So if it's important to you be right, then be right about it. <laughs> like I told you and you're wrong and I'm right. Okay. It's okay. not as resourceful. <laughs> yeah. But you're including that can be one of the paths. Realign. <laughs> yeah. And sometimes we're not in, in a space to to be resourceful. So we can blame others. And that's just sometimes where we're at emotionally. <laughs> and for the record, if you're going to be right, then you may not be in a relationship, but that's just my couple's therapist voice talking. <laughs> there you go. Exactly. Right. <laughs> but if it's really about taking out the trash, if you're, if you realign your priorities and it's really about, Hey, this, the trash is stinky, it's trash day. I need to get it out. And you end up taking it out yourself. Go, okay. I know that this is my number one priority. Let's get that done. Yeah. And then E of I care is do it with energy, make your decision with confidence. Because if you go, I'm taking out the trash. Great. You've made the decision. Go with it. Be confident about it. Because when we have certainty about something, one, it's something we check off our box of the to-do list. Also, it gives us a win. And thirdly, when we do something emphatically, we're like, oh, we got this, this next thing we can get done. And that productivity level goes up and your energy starts going up. But if we have any ounce of doubt, 1% doubt creates 100% uncertainty. I like to use a balloon. So if you fill up a balloon, you tie it up and it's full of air and it's a hole and a wholeness, <laughs> but you have one little pinprick to create a small little tiny hole, <laughs> then all the air comes out, right? That 1% uncertainty creates, or 1% doubt, excuse me, 1% doubt creates 100% uncertainty, that all the air is gone. There's no confidence. You're deflated. And so make E energetic, make it with confidence, make that decision. That's so beautiful. This is so great. And one of the reasons I, I really am so excited to have you on and so that people can get a sense of you, Sarah, and also your book, like it's just filled with these juicy, but like esoteric yet practical things. And that's really remarkable and refreshing. So one more time, what is the eye care what does the acronym stand for again? Sure, absolutely. So I care is I go inside of yourself. You have the solution. C, contain the problem and cut out the negativity. A, have the awareness of what's really happening. And R, realign your priorities, your needs. And E, make your decision with confidence and energize it. Energize. Oh, beautiful. Thank you so much. That's amazing. So this is a great segue maybe for also sharing like some of these two minute, is it two minutes, two minutes, two minutes. stress, two minutes, stress <clears throat> relief, right? Because yeah. this is going to help us as therapists and also help our clients when we can teach them. What are some examples of a couple like two minute stress release techniques that you suggest? We've gone over a couple of them, which is when you get out of bed, those couple things you do, quick and easy solutions, right? And then the eye care system, when you go through that filter, it's quick and easy and you can get it, you can do it in a minute. But those are, those are already examples of how simple these solutions can be. And they can be as deep as you want them to be. But let's talk about the body. Okay. And, you know, if you're sitting at your desk all day or sitting behind a computer all day, you probably have tension and tightness in your shoulders, your back, your neck. And 
you know, something as simple as the box breathing. So if you breathe in for four, hold for four, let out for four. So let's go through a quick little exercise where I'll walk you through how to relieve some of the tension in your shoulders. So let's do it together if you'd like. Okay. Yes. I've been noticing even more, like I'll stand up and then I'll be like, oh, I have to put my shoulders back, but they don't stay back. They don't. (laughs) And then then, it's a combination of the body posture, but also the stress. And I've really been more aware of that lately. And then getting older, I'm like, oh, how do I help this? Yes. And you said it. That's one of the keys is that awareness. You have the awareness that, okay, there's something that's not working. And whether it's you're getting a little bit more tired, we start to roll our shoulders in physically tired or emotionally tired. That's what happens a lot of times. And or you're again at the computer. So you were shortened up in, in the front muscles, but we feel the tension in our back muscles. So it's that, that, the opposite side. And it's so interesting because I don't know if anybody's familiar with rolfing, but it's a modality that helps to release the fascia that's around the muscles. And Ida Rolf said where the pain is, it isn't. And so what that means a lot of times, and think about cognitive behaviors and think about when people have one challenge, it's really stemming from maybe a childhood trauma. And so we can go deep into that, but let's go back to the body. We can have so many discussions. Oh my gosh. Exactly. (laughs) That just made me think of the couples that fight about the dishes and that's the pain, but it's really not about the dishes. Mm -hmm. Exactly. There's so many layers and so many of these two minute techniques will help get you through the day and help you in long-term. But again, there's a layer deeper and a layer deeper and a layer deeper. We love to go wherever you're at in this stress cycle. But going back to helping your shoulders. So go ahead and put both feet on the ground nice and comfortably. Mm -hmm. Sit up in your chair if you can. If you're driving, please don't do this now. (laughs) (laughs) But something as simple as, again, box breathing. Take a nice deep breath in. Count to four. Hold for four. And let it out for four. The intention and awareness about your breath is a great way to start. Gaze your focus across the room, something nice and neutral, and take your next deep breath in and hold it and let it out. Start to bring your awareness to your shoulders and that tension. And once you squeeze your shoulders, make that awareness that it's tight and then just drop your shoulders down. So once you do that, it starts to release your shoulder muscles. Now put your right hand across your chest, like you're saying the pledge of allegiance, across Mm -hmm. your chest on the left hand side, across your pec, and be in the neutral position and just simply put just a tiny bit of pressure on your hand and just push on your heart just a tiny bit and look to the opposite side. So look to your right side. I'm doing it with you so you can hear it. Oh, I hope you're doing this. This is amazing. Yeah. So it starts to stretch your scalenes, your SCM, all the neck muscles on your left side. And you start to get that awareness. And as you continue to box, breathe in and hold it and breathe out. Those neck muscles start to relax and that tension starts to be relieved on their left side. And then you take the opposite hand. So now you have your left hand on your right chest Mm -hmm. and your shoulders are still neutral. They're still squared to, if it's your computer or your desk, nice and straight. Mm -hmm. 
And you're now looking to your left hand side and nice and gentle, but feel the stretch. Don't overstretch, but just nice and gently. You can feel when you start to get that resistance. And again, uh, deep breath. This in. side is like a little more tense for me than the other side. Yeah. And we tend to have that. And especially if you're right-handed, you'll a lot of times feel more tension on that, on that right side because it's more dominant, you know, more strength and, and musculature on that side. It could also be because your mouth side is on your right side. But a lot of us do have more tension on that side. I happen to be left-handed, so mine's opposite. Wow. And do that a few more times and you'll start to feel that release on the left side, the right side, it will release the tension in your shoulders. Now put both hands together, put your hands in the center of your chest, right in the middle. And now with your shoulders still square, just look up as far as you can. Just look up to your ceiling, look up to the sky and you'll start to feel all those front neck muscles. Feel that tension and again, breathe and hold it. And as you exhale, you start to feel it relax and release. And you can do that a few more times as well. And that's just something you can do throughout your day to help one, be aware of, okay, maybe I'm getting a little tired. Maybe my body's hunching a little bit and bring your body back to that neutral position, release the tension that's there. And it's also it's also a way to stop what you're doing. And if you're in a place where you, you're changing um, clients or you're changing to do your emails or you're changing tasks, that's a great way to transition. Because if you're getting interrupted, it takes about 15 minutes to get really motivated and, and to focus back on what you're doing. And so when you when you switch tasks, it really challenges your productivity in that way. Absolutely. And we need those transitions also for our own body and emotional regulation in between client sessions. This is a great way for the therapist to transition or to start your day or to end your day as well. And we could also do these exercises with our clients right? Assuming that it feels safe for them. So I was noticing that perhaps the hands over your heart and leaning back could be a little too vulnerable for some people, but mm -hmm. if they felt, cause it's a very open type of uh, posture, but if they yes. felt safe enough, then, you know, so again, you're a trained psychotherapist listening to this and use your judgment, but try it on yourself. And if you weren't able, go back, rewind and do this with Sarah and me and just feel it. I already feel some energy like moving around in the back and the front a little bit. So yeah, thank you. What absolutely gift. wonderful. And yes, things can be vulnerable and yes, use your judgment. And that's another reason why when we put our hands on our own chest and our own heart, we have control over that. And you're also physically protecting yourself. If you look at it from the Eastern modality of the, the yin energy, the front energy, versus the back it's the front is more more vulnerable and so you have that control and and also i tend to do things and, and ask my clients to do it with their eyes closed if they're comfortable and if they're not comfortable keep your eyes open and that keeps them in control of of their own bodies and their own situations too right and that's masterful advice because what sarah is saying is we can remind our clients right that the 
hands in front on their chest. This is a protective move for them. And suddenly then you're starting to ingrain that you have the power to protect yourself. So it's so beautiful. I love having guests on who can really deepen our experiences and how we can give more. Thank you for that. Oh, certainly. Because you and your listeners, you are amazing at what you do. Continue to do that and just add these little things in there to help yourself and to help them. And we can go farther when we can do these things together. Yes, absolutely. And I've only sampled a bit of Sarah's book, but it's great. So I really encourage you to get it. We're going a little long, but I'm so interested in this amazing and generous work you're doing for the Maui fires and being a native Hawaiian and experiencing such devastating tragedy. And then you started this podcast, Hope for Hawaii. Tell us a little about that in your work and what you're seeing as a result of trying to touch people's lives. Thank you for that. When the fires happened in Maui and and I'm here in Las Vegas, you feel this disconnect, but also this connection to wanting to help and because I wasn't physically there and, and thankfully, because it, it didn't physically affect me or most of my family, I do have family on Maui, but when you start to see the devastation that other people go through and it hits home, you want to do something. And what I did was you know, just started to ask some of my friends, hey, will you share stories of hope and resilience? Because it's great during the day where people have resources and they can go seek help, but you go see some of the people that are on your listening right now, your therapist, and they come see you. But what happens in those dark times? What happens in the slower times? What happens in when they're alone is they need some kind of resource. And if they can listen to a podcast like yours or like Hope for Hawaii and fill up their cup with positivity or with somebody who's been through a devastating situation and then also go, okay, here's how I got out of that situation. There is hope for you. And here's how to be more resilient. And then they can take the next step when they're ready. Because as grief goes, we don't go through all the steps at the same time. It's not linear. We don't go, hey, the devastating thing happened. Let's go through the anger and the disbelief and all those steps. We get it in different ways and at different times. So that's why I wanted to create this podcast so that they can physically see, and it's on YouTube, so you can physically see people and and see into their eyes and, and get a sense of where they came from and also see that they've gotten through their challenge and that there's hope that you can get through your own challenges. If that resonates with you, love to have either have you on the podcast or to for you to listen to it or share with somebody that needs a little bit of hope in a dark time. Oh, wow. Wow, Sarah, that's such an amazing platform that you're helping people in Maui, but also other people who have experienced any kinds of tragedies or disasters that they need some sense of hope and resilience that it it's it transfers to all kinds of situations. It sounds really powerful. And I know it says it's a limited series, but I'm hoping that you continue it. <laughs> <laughs> I might continue it. We're we're just, we're wrapping it up, but maybe we can continue it on in in a different way. And maybe Mm -hmm. it's not just hope for Hawaii. Maybe it's just hope for humankind. (laughs) I love it. Yes. Yes, exactly. That's so great. And it's really important to find ways. And I love that you found a way to, to be an advocate for stress 
and like hope and resiliency, like beyond. That's a way that you kept expanding this. And I encourage my listeners, everybody really find ways that you can reach more people on a broader scale, because we all have messages and impacts and there's such a need out there. Get creative. (laughs) Exactly. And utilize your gifts as long as it's not putting you out too extended and too far. Make sure that you're taking care of yourself and creating resilience yourself. I really want to acknowledge you, Sarah, for all of the amazing work and transformations that you're doing for people who are in need of stress reduction and finding ways to live happier lives, more fulfilling, satisfying, productive lives, because that's what we can do when we have less stress and when we are more aware and can take care of ourselves. So thank you for making this huge impact in the world. I'm really excited to to meet you and I hope that we're going to talk further because you're just, you're so friendly and smiley and like a master at what you do, which is great. Tell everyone where they can find out more about you and everything that you offer. Oh, thank you. First of all, thank you for that. I, I really appreciate that. And when I got to the point in my life where I went, if I can help others to be great at what they are doing, it's so fulfilling to me. So I love that. So thank you for that acknowledgement, number one. And let's continue this. For those of you out there that want to continue your stress relief journey in in a simplified way, go to free gift from Sarah, that's S-A-R-A, free gift from Sarah.com. And I will give you that routine that we talked about, the morning routine. And it's not just the morning, it's throughout your entire day. So it's these simple solutions to help you win your day. And I have also some awesome gifts to continue after that as well. So you can find me there and you can also find me at stressxpert, stressexpert.com. That's our website. And you can see what else that we offer on a deeper level to help you get through the emotional challenges and breaking that stress cycle. Yes. Great. And um, also hopeforhawaii.com and then you can also watch those episodes on YouTube and we'll have all of the links in the show notes, including your book, Stressed Out and Don't Know What to Do. And that's available on your website and also Amazon, right? Yes. And Barnes and Nobles as well. And Barnes and Noble. Great. This has just been wonderful. I hope everyone has experienced some of Sarah's calm and presence and will take to heart some of these techniques and I know I'm going to use the I care acronym to help deal with some of my current problems. So super grateful for that. <laughs> Certainly. And, and please do please utilize anything that, that you found uh, powerful or helpful and spread that to your loved ones, teach it to them as well. It's not just mine. I gave it to the world. It's for you to take on. Please do. That's great. Let's teach it to, let's teach it to them. All right. Thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you so much for having me, Cindy. Appreciate it. Thank you, everybody, for listening. (laughs) Yeah, thank you. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this episode. And if you did, I invite you to subscribe and leave a rating or review. It really helps other people find this podcast. Be sure to check out the show notes for all the links and resources mentioned. Thanks again, and I'll see you next time.